Welcome to the podcast, Let the Prophet Speak. Today we are going to study the Prophet Ezekiel, the Navi Yechazkel 21a, the first half of chapter 21. Here, Yechazkel is going to continue with his um, method of speaking in parables. But as we'll see, excuse me, as we'll see soon, he's going to find out that his parables are falling on deaf ears um, and people are not listening or understanding them. That's going to be sound like somewhat of a source of a frustration. The um, the uh, uh, I'm going to split it this chapter in half again. It's a very long chapter. Uh, also, uh, we're going to read a, a parable here, which we can kind of understand a lot of the ideas he's trying to express, but then some of it uh, we don't quite fully understand or grasp uh, what he's referring to and the commentaries struggle with it and uh, we'll see maybe we can come up with something but uh, I, I kind of struggle with it myself but let's start and we'll study this together so so the word of God to me was as follows so here is the prophet the Navi speaking what God said and God spoke in a parable which was as follows Benadam, human being this is what I want you to do God tells Ezekiel, I want you to turn your face towards the direction of Teman, and I want you to speak your words, El Darom, towards the south. Presumably, Teman was in the southern direction. And God says, and your words should be directed at the south. Now, Babylon was considered north of the land of Israel. So basically what God is saying that is direct your words towards the people of Israel. I want you to speak your prophecy towards the forests of the field uh, which is towards the, the, uh, the field in the south. I want you to speak to this yar, to this forest in the south. The yar generally means a forest or, or a wild land. And this is what I want you to speak to them. Shema Dvar Adonai, I want you to hear the word of God. I just want to mention uh, this reference to uh, the land of Israel as a yar, as a forest. A yar, um, I mean, a forest is probably not the right word because um, but uh, uh, more like land, wild land. God is like literally calling Judea. There's there, whatever they had built, whatever uh, civilization they had built was like nothing. By calling it, by referring it to as as a yar, it's like it's 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 like a wasteland, completely undeveloped. In other words, everything that they had done, because it was done in such a corrupt and awful way, God considered it like a like just a, a wasteland which is in the south. Listen up to the word of God. So says the Lord your God. I'm going to burn you down in flames. And call Eitzlach. Even the moist trees are going to be devoured by these flames. And the dry trees will not get, those those flames won't get burnt out. There will be a horrific forest fire. La heves shall heves. It will be flames that leap and jump. And every um, 
face, every person, every living thing from, from the south to the north of the entire land are going to be burnt by it or are going to be um, destroyed by it. And all of mankind will see that it is I, God, who destroyed it. It will not, this flame will not be put out. So he spoke of this brush land and this horrible forest fire and all of the living creatures in the forest getting burnt down. Again, he uses a parable and immediately the reaction of the people is, and the people remember since chapter 15 have been listening to parable after parable, the fruitless vine, the unfaithful wife. So they're sitting there listening to these parables from the prophet, the Omar. So I said, Aho Adonai Elohim. Ah, ah, like a ha is is a kvetch. That's a Yiddish word for just a a cry, a a moan of sadness. Says uh, um, God, this is how the prophet looks at God. It's just just awful things. But Hema Omrimli, what are they telling me? What are my listeners talking to me as I speak to God? They're saying, Here's this guy and all he does is he knows how to say stories. He's telling parables. The common translation I see in many of the translations is a riddle monger. He's a guy who walks around telling riddles. This is how they reacted to all of the parables, even this awful one that we just learned. They, whether they didn't understand them, or more likely they understood what he was saying, but they didn't want to take the message, so they just dismissed him as just another guy. So, telling stories. So therefore, he's going to have to explain the parable. So this next few verses is saying the exact same idea that he just said in a parable form, but he's going to say the idea in extremely clear and unambiguous terms, which will be quite frightening. So the word of God to me was as follows. After I complained to him that they're calling me for talking to me, that they're just making fun of me for saying parables, now God says, I want you to say it clear. Ben Adam, human being, I want you to turn your face towards Jerusalem. Forget the parable business about Taman or some far off land that you're going to look towards and representative of the place in the south, which happens and the people should have to figure out that it is. No, look at Jerusalem. I want you to speak your words to those holy places. They have those sites, that Migdash, that temple that they consider holy, that they think is so holy, that they think is so great. I want you to talk to that, to those places, to the places where the people gather and think that they're that that's what's going to save them. I want you to speak your prophecy towards the land of Israel, not like I said before, to the some to some um, forest, some waste wild lands, whatever. No, speak to Israel. Period. Marton, I want you to say to the land of Israel, so says the Lord your God. I am going to come against you. Not this far forest, but you. I am going to take my sword out of its sheath. And I am going to cut off from among you both the righteous and the wicked. And and in, in order and be, uh, for this to happen, this indiscriminate uh, suffering and that I am going to 
take out this wrath I'm going to take out against the people. And remember, we studied before, what does this mean, Sadiq for Asha? The, the Sadiq, the righteous one, even those that weren't doing necessarily all of the sins, but if they had in their power to speak and to stop the others, and they didn't, therefore they were just as responsible. Remember, Ezekiel made that very clear to us several chapters ago. And that's why God is saying, I'm going to destroy them all. In order for this to happen, I am going to take my sword out of its sheath, El Kolbasar, against all of living beings, me Negev Tzafon, from the north of the country to the south of the country. And then, everyone will know. And this is God is saying, they will know. No more riddles. This is, I'm not telling you any riddles. I'm telling you this for real. They will all know, that I am the Lord, your God, it was I that took the sword, my sword out of the sheath. It's not going to be some, oh, it was this or it was that or it was some other God or it was some other power. No, no, no. Everyone will know it's me. That sword will not be placed back in its sheath. Um, so this was uh, the, the, the first saying it in form of a riddle and then saying it in very, very clear, unambiguous terms. But he is going to back to, back to uh, a bit of, of saying a, a, I guess, a kind of a riddle, um, but not really a riddle, but it's, it's sort of a very awful, very, a poem full of, of um, just, just really, um, really heartbreaking, really, uh, I don't know how to say it, it's just really bad, really, really scary uh, prophecies. And you, human being, this is what I want you to do. Now, you, you finish saying this speech, you finish saying this riddle, now you're going to lie down, hey, anach, cry. I want you to, 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 Cry with grief. Hey, Anach is to cry out of out of grief. Uh, I see translations in English as sigh with bitterness, but but there, I don't know if there is a good English word for this word. Hey, Anach, it's just this awful grief laden cry. in such a way that your bones are shaking with such bitterness. I want you to cry in front of them. I'm up to verse. 12. Uh, 12 now and it will be people are going to look at you with this crying and they're going to say why are you crying with such grief well, what are you doing like why are you so sad why are you so upset nothing is so bad you know and remember these people didn't even believe him that the destruction of Jerusalem was ever going to happen Marta, I want you to say I'm crying El because of the news that we're about to hear. Kiva, ah, this news is, we're going to hear news very soon. When this news comes, our hearts will melt. Our arms will lose their strength. Our spirits will become weakened. And all of our, um, our, um, Knees will be weakened. We're just going to fall as if our, we're being supported by water. This news is coming and it is. It is going to happen. And this, he says it is going to happen in past tense because it's so immediate. It is going to happen real soon. These, these um, chapters were likely said about a, a year or two before. We mentioned this before when Ezekiel dated them that that uh before the actual destruction so it's going to it's about to happen and it's very very close now we're going to read verse 13 
and he's again going to go into a, uh, uh, a parable mode, and again, very awful. And the word of God to me was as follows. Ben Adam, human being, I want you to say a prophecy via Marton. I want you to say as follows. Ko Omar Adonai, so says God. Um, Emor, say, say as follows. A sword, a sword has been sharpened and it has been polished. Remember, he just mentioned before the sword of God. He's emphasizing that this sword, the sword of destruction, is the sword of God. Even though it might be coming through uh, the Babylonians, might be the ones holding the sword on this world, but this is happening because it is the sword of God. And why is it being polished? It was sharpened because it is about to commit slaughter. It has been um, been shining, shined and polished so that it should be shiny and, and, and bright. So we should be happy and you're you're coming here and telling me why are you crying? I should be happy. Things are going to be fine. No, shevet benimo ss kol My son, the shevet, the stick, the staff is 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 destroying, is ruining every stick. Presumably, this this um the uh, this this is probably referring the to the the shevet beni, the stick of my son. Uh, some translate this as follows, Shevet Bani, the stick of my son, meaning the scepter of the king Tzedekiah, the scepter of the king, is just is getting crushed like wood at the because of this sharpened sword, the sword of metal crushing, in other words, this powerful sword of Babylon, because of the wrath of God, is going to destroy this, the weak scepter, uh, the wooden scepter of the king of Judea, who happens to be Tzedekiah, Vayitain Osa, and he has given this sword. In other words, God has given this sword, which is in, in order to be uh, polished and held in the hand. So God is giving it. God is giving it to the Babylonians to hold in their hand. He who chada cherev vehi morata. Because this is the sword that has been polished, and this is the sword that has been sharpened. To give it, the image is that you need to know and understand that when Babylon destroys Israel, it is the wrath. The only reason why, and the only reason why the Babylon is able to do it is because God wants him to do so. It is God that polished the sword, sharpened the sword, and gave it to him, and gave it to the one who is doing the killing. Ze'ak ve'helel ben adam. You should cry, and you should scream, human being. Kihi hoitav ami. This is, again, God speaking to the, the, the prophet. Ezekiel, I want you, remember he told him, I want you to cry out, I want you to cry with grief, but now Zaak means not just to cry, but to scream and and to hail, to wail. That's what I want you to do when you're talking to them. Why? Because this terrible thing has befallen my nation. This is what God is saying. He Israel. 
this is what's going to happen to all of the leaders of Israel. In other words, because Zedekiah is representative of all of the kings of Israel that have led them for all of these generations, for hundreds of years, all the way back to King David. And, 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 and this is what's happening to everything. It's, it's going to be destroyed. Megurei el cherev hayu etzami. They are people now just thrown into the um, into the uh, the uh, the um, in the path of the sword. That's what happened to my nation. I want you to strike your legs in order to whack your thigh with your hand. Is part of your grief. Because uh, in a, in a, just a gesture to express your grief, this is verse eighteen. Kivochan, because I want you to think, uma imgam shevet moeset, right? Lo If if this um, now there's no really great translation of this verse. I'm going to translate it, but there's not really. Uh, 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 this is where Rashi actually says, uh, I've heard a lot of explanations, but none of them really made sense. So Rashi kind of leaves it without an explanation. It's a very rare occurrence for Rashi in, in Tanakh. But uh, the, the commentaries kind of struggle with this. But we're going to read it as follows. Because I want you to, um, I, I, it's something to think about. I want you to think about this, God says. Uma im gam shevet moeset lo Is this something that cannot happen? In other words, this event of the scepter of, of Judah being destroyed, is this something that cannot happen? In other words, is there any way out of this? No, Madunayim says the Lord God. Right, this this the fact that the shevet, the scepter of Judah, is gonna, going to be destroyed, that is going to be treated moeset in a disgusting way by God, because because the the kingdom has become so corrupt. Is there any other way out of it other than destroying? God was just lamenting the destruction of the kings of Judah, uh, the the final king in the line of Judah, and he's saying, is there? Do I have any other choice in this matter? Think about it. That's how I'm translating verse 18. I know there's a lot of uh, attempts to understand this. I think that's the best one, the one that makes the most sense to me. I'm going to read verse 19. Adam, and you human being, this is what I want you to do. Hinave, I want you to prophesy. To smack your hands together, clap your hands together. And then do it again. Because there is a... a, a sword that swings three times, the kind of sword that produces uh, uh, dead uh, uh, bodies that, uh, uh, that massacres people. This is the sword of the great uh, killing, which is coming against them, which is coming to push against them. This Kherav uh, Shalishita, the, the sword, uh, the triply swung sword, uh, there's different understandings of what it means triple, but we understand it comes again and again and again. That's what Shalishita means. Many times it just keeps on striking. It's a word, it's not, it doesn't matter whether it's three or four or two. The point is, is that it just keeps on striking. Something that happens once is just once. Something that happens twice, that's really bad. 
But three times is a sign of something, as we know, the concept in the Talmud, three times makes, makes for a chazaka, makes for something that's just consistently happening over and over and over again. Leman lomoglev, this is something that's going to call, cause people's hearts to, to become uh, uh, just uh, discouraged is a word that I've seen, which is a pretty good word, but just um, dismayed uh, to people to give up to become uh, just completely discouraged. Vihar Behamich Sholim and and the numbers of of stumbling blocks for them. As they run out of the city, there's so many traps that they're gonna fall into. El Kol Sha'areim through all the gates as the people try to run. Natati Ivchat Kherav, I have placed the uh, I have the appointed sword. Ach Asuya, I have made it so awful, ah, it's so awful, it is shining bright, ready to slaughter, I want you to get together, turn to the right, or go ahead and try and turn to the left, if that's what you want, to where is your face, where is direction are you heading? You are preparing yourself to run this way or that way. Forget it. I set up traps in all directions. The Gamani and God says, I also I am going to strike my hands against hands. And I am going to rest my anger. My anger will eventually be spent. I am God who spoke this. There's various ways of understanding this. I will also clap my hand against my hand, meaning in anger. But really, I think that what this means is God is saying, just as we clap our hands in grief over what's happening, I too. And we do get this sense that as God talks about this terrible slaughter, God also, remember, asks us, is there any other way? God doesn't want this to be the outcome. God is saying, I too am going to comp- be sad and terrible and distraught over this destruction, but I don't have a choice. But my anger will be spent, it will be done. I am God who spoke this. This is, I'm gonna, and I'm gonna stop here and we'll complete next time, chapter 21, uh, together in the next podcast. Thank you so much for studying with me.